Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors and the stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. In 2020, they created Friends in Fiction to provide author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hi, everyone. It's Wednesday night, 7 p.m., and that means it's time for Friends in Fiction. We are so glad you're joining us tonight. I'm Mary Kay Andrews. I'm Kristen Harmel. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey. I am Patty Callahan Henry. And just in case you're one of the new kids on the block, we are Wait, friends. Is, is Bonnie Wahlberg coming tonight? No, no sorry. <laughs> wrong new kids in the block. Sorry. Sorry. False alarm. No sorry. new kids. Sorry. Sorry, Kristen. We, we are friends in fiction, New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories to support indie bookstores. Tonight, we're so excited to welcome Vanessa Riley, whose new historical fiction novel, Island Queen, has created a stir in the publishing world. We hope you will be as fascinated with her story as we are. Island Queen uh, and the research Vanessa did for this book, based on the previously little-known Dorothy Dahl Kerwin Thomas, who was born to an Irish planter and an enslaved woman in 1756 on the island of Montserrat. In Dorothy's 90 years, she endured bondage, assault, abuse, eventually secured her own freedom against unbelievable odds, accumulated wealth and considerable influence, and became the family matriarch of a prosperous Caribbean clan. And so we're going to talk to Vanessa about all of that. And she's got some exciting news that we want to share with you all tonight. And as you all know, we always have a featured independent bookseller of the week. This week, it is Foxtail Bookshop in historic downtown Woodstock, Georgia, a top bookstore destination in the Southeast for hundreds of best-selling authors including Mary Kay and I, who did an event there just last week. That's right. Foxtail, yeah, Foxtail boasts an eclectic mix of new books, including signed first editions, hardcovers, and paperbacks in all genres. So you can visit the specially curated Friends and Fiction page on the Foxtail website to shop for Island Queen by Vanessa Riley, the Low Country series by our Sunday bonus guest, Susan Boyer. And yes, we have a Sunday bonus this week. We're so excited. And of course, you also know Susan Boyer from the Low Country Book Club. And you can also get our new and recent titles from those of us who are the Fab Five of Friends and Fiction. <laughs> we are so excited about that special Sunday bonus episode that Kristen mentioned. Join us as we welcome Agatha award-winning and USA Today bestselling author Susan M. Boyer. She's the author of the Liz Talbot Low Country Mystery Series, now 10 titles strong, which includes her latest, Low Country Vows of Holly. Susan is also the founder of the wildly popular Low Country Book Club Facebook group, which boasts more than 12,000 members. So mark your calendars for Sunday, July 25th at 5 p.m. and tune in for our chat with Susan. 
And we hope that so many of you, because there were so many people there last night, it was so much fun. We're watching last night when the five of us appeared virtually at the Nantucket Book Festival, where Ringmaster, (laughs) which is what he probably felt like, the Nantucket Bookworks Marketing Pro and Book Festival board member Tim Ehrenberg moderated our panel. Mm -hmm. We even wrote a short story, each one of us, called Fairy Tales, but (laughs) F-E-R-R-Y, about meeting Nantucket in different ways. If you did miss it, you'll find it on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page and our YouTube channel, as well as the Nantucket Book Festival website and their YouTube channel probably in the next day or two. So if you missed it, which I don't know why you would have, but if you did, it'll be coming soon. You know, and the Nantucket Book Festival is such a great organization. And if you did watch it or if you do watch it and you feel like donating a few dollars to the Nantucket Book Festival, that will keep them going forward, keep them putting on these great literary events. Um, And hey, maybe they'll invite us in person. You never know. That That would be really cool. So this week's parade essay, as you know, we always, um, you know, write a parade essay every week. One of us, we take turns. This week's is by Patty Callahan, who writes about the one time as an adult Mm -hmm. that you get to choose what you're called. So here's my hint. If you're a grandparent, pay attention. (laughs) I, when my daughter was discovered, she was pregnant about three years ago. One of the very first questions people were asking me was, what will you be called? And it hit me that it might be the first time in my life that I get to choose what someone calls me. Now, that doesn't mean they won't change it. I know I understand what happens with toddlers, but it was this fascinating journey in choosing a name to be called. And it made me think a lot about the nicknames we call each other. The, for example, y'all call me Peach, right? And yes. and they're terms of endearment. Um, party Patty, party, party Patty. That, that was that was nineteen eighty two. But yes, and <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I love when y'all call me out. Once party patty, always party patty. Once, <laughs> once and forever, party peach patty. But it made me think about how naming is an act of love. And whether it's to someone we care about or as a grandma. So what my net grandma name ended up being um, Mamo which is the Gaelic name for grandma. And Megan and I, my daughter, decided together. And it just is so powerful and means so much to me. So I want to know either what you want to be called, what you are called, or what you call your grandparent and and why. I want to hear from y'all. Well, I decided to do a preemptive strike because I did not want to be Mama or um, any of those names. So I'm Kiki. I love it. Yeah. I couldn't be PP. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I wanted you to be Peach. I could be Kiki. Yeah, yeah you could be Kiki. You know what the problem is with Kiki, though. At least for me, it's that was the name. That was the name everybody called me when I got drunk, like like tw- fifteen oh, years like ago. You're drunk alter that ego. That was my was drunk Kiki. alter ego. Like um, I would get to it. This was like you know back in my 
mid twenties, but I would have a, a couple too many drinks in downtown Orlando and people would say, Kiki's coming out to play. So that doesn't seem like what I want to, my grandchildren to address me. Right, right. Well, what did you call your grandparent? What did you call your grandparents? Grandma and grandpa from Weymouth and grandma and grandpa from Texas. So we just distinguished wow. them by their place. Um, and my mom is grandma to Noah. And I, I think I would like to be grandma one day too. I, I like I grandma. That. I yeah. do too. Aw, that's so sweet. Because I'm really going to have to up my current drinking game if I'm going to re- reclaim Kiki. And that seems like a bad idea. It's not you a know? good idea. Not, not a good, good idea. idea. No, not a good no. thing to strive for. Yeah, I agree. She's a grandma. I yeah, it's it's probably just as well if you just you know don't don't <laughs> resurrect Kiki. Um, so I called my grandparent or called my my grandmother and so both of my grandfathers were granddaddy, and then uh, I was the third grandchild on one side, and so she was already grandmommy. And then um, my other my dad's mom like insisted that she would be grandmother. Like, I mean, grandmother, that was her name. I actually wrote a column about this for parade a while ago, which is kind of funny, but, um, yeah. So I called her grandmother like my whole life, but, um, I don't know what I want to be called. I thought about this all day and I could not come up with anything good. So she was like six months old before I came up with it. So I'm I'm hoping that like, I have a long, long, long time. You only have a 10 year old and Kristen has a five year old. But you know, the, the naming thing is so interesting because that is um, something that comes up in Island Queen. And I hope Uh maybe we'll ask Vanessa about that when she comes on. So let's talk about her. Um, Vanessa Riley is an award-winning author of historical fiction and historical romance, showcasing the hidden histories of women of color and emphasizing strong sisterhoods like ours and Uh dazzling multicultural communities. Vanessa holds a doctorate in mechanical engineering and an MS in industrial engineering and engineering management from Stanford University. She also earned a BS and an MS in mechanical engineering from Penn State University. So she's just your basic undergraduate. We've got to get some better guests, you guys. I know, really. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa is the author of over 20 novels. Her works have been reviewed by Entertainment Entertainment Weekly, NPR, Library Journal, and the New York Times. She's received starred reviews from Publishers Weekly and Booklist. Her latest releases are Island Queen, which we'll be talking about tonight, and Earl, The Girl, and a Toddler, which I think is awesome, I know, which was historical romance, and A Duke, The Lady, and a Baby, which is also historical romance. Love it. Let Tayshawn, let's bring Vanessa in. Hi. First of all, you guys are a riot. I was listening backstage. You guys are a riot. So, okay, um, Vanessa, welcome. You know, we we did have a minute to chat with Vanessa in the green room, and so we're so glad she's here. And I'm going to put this up because this is one of the most gorgeous, gorgeous striking covers. It is. Gorgeous. Yeah, I, I, I wondered a lot about. I, I won't ask this now, but I'm really interested in that cover and how many iterations you had to go yeah. through. So we'll talk about it later. Surprising, there were two iterations. Um, That's it? Because it's because of the COVID miracle. Uh, originally, oh. we were going to have a model for Maserat, um, and oh. then COVID happened, and you couldn't get in the studio, so we changed wow. directions. 
And uh, William R. was just so fabulous. They they they'd been looking at artists or they've been retaining them. And Tanya Ingle uh, out of Michigan uh, was the artist. They and I actually bought some of her work. She's that she's so good. Oh, wow. um, Chill bones. Yes, wow. she's she's just amazing. And so I, you know, we had the descriptions and I sent clothes, you know, because like I Y'all have seen I'm a little detail oriented. <laughs> so we just had to- clothes and jewelry and, and the hats and just the emphasis on it. And just, you know, there were, there were probably like two or three tweaks to get the clothes right, to get the everything right. But to me, it, it nails it in the eyes and that hat. For you all who haven't seen it. Well, the, the way you see this is you go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Is cutting a major side eye mm-hmm. on this cover. Would you say that, Vanessa? It's I side eye. It. I would say side eye. It's She's side eye. just from <laughs> just from the the ancillary uh, descriptions of right. Dorothy and the reactions. To me, she she had a game, something going on with the game face. She had that Absolutely. those eyes Absolutely. that just penetrated the soul yeah. because of just the reactions uh, that she had on right. people. Well, you know, we got so much to talk to. Let's just jump into it. Hey, we just saw, Vanessa, that one of our past guests and I think one of our all-time favorite historic fiction authors, Kate Quinn. Hello, Rose Code. Mm -hmm. Hello, uh, Alice Network. Network, Hello, Huntress. Recommended your book as a great summer read. Now, would you just give us the elevator pitch for Island Queen? Yes. So um, Island Queen is about a woman, Dorothy Kerwin Thomas, who starts her life out enslaved. And she's able to save money to not only buy her freedom uh, and the freedom of her mother and her children, but she goes on to build businesses across the West Indies. So from Granada to uh, Barbados to the colony of Demerara where she's building luxury hotels um, and catering to the needs of Westerners or from people coming from Scotland and Ireland and England uh, to the colonies, uh, giving them housekeeping services and, and just arts and all these different things. So she literally ends up being one of the wealthiest women in the West Indies. Wow. That alone would have been a great story. But that's just a piece of Dorothy's story because of the people that she interfaces with, uh, the world in turmoil. You've got all, you know, the American Revolutionary War, the French Revolutionary War, the Haitian Revolutionary War, um, the rebellions that are all term, all this turmoil that's going on in the islands. Um, and then her, the turmoil in her own personal life because she, she was popular, 10 children's popular. <laughs> um, one measure of popularity. Yeah, there, there you go. There, there you go. go. Um, but she's she's just a fascinating woman, and and once again, that would be enough. But then, at nearing the, I would say her third act, she is putting a position where the local planners in um, Demerara, which is present day Guyana, are afraid of the power of these wealthy women of color. So much so that they're starting to tax them. And Dorothy's good with math. She knows that within a few generations, if men are able to use laws to defraud women, that they will steal her generational wealth. So she does not stop there. She does something literally coming from below the equator all the way up to London and and forces a meeting and and pleads the case and is able to change the world for the women like her who are in Demerara. Gosh. So obviously she's fascinating and I'm 
always intrigued by research for a real person. I've done it. And I was fascinated to read that your interest in Dorothy was planted or the seed of it was by a character in Sanditon. Sanditon. I never say that right. Sanditon. See, I told you I don't pronounce Sanditon. An unfinished Jane Austen novel. Mm-hmm. So then you followed, what, a 10-year down the rabbit hole research? Can you talk to me about that kind of research and dedication? Did you ever waver? I want to hear about that deep dive into oh, this woman. Oh, definitely. So first of all, you know, everybody in school, we, we, we do Pride and Prejudice. And then sometimes yeah. we'll get to Emma and sometimes we'll get to get Persuasion to and Sense and Sensibility. Uh, but we rarely get to the last book. And see, I was hooked. I was a Jane Austen. I was hooked on Jane Austen. So I kept reading it. And I get to Sanditon. Sanditon. And the wealthiest woman, uh, I wouldn't trust my pronunciation, first of all. Uh, yeah. I'm a Southern Trinidadian. <laughs> and we, 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 we work through this. I would not trust. I, it was, it's a problem. It's a real thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the wealthiest woman in Sanditon is a mulatto woman from the West Indies. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> This awesome. makes sense now. I'm, I'm drawn to this. Um, and as I went into my writing career, it was always a question. Uh, um, was Jane Austen just being a progressive contemporary author, you know, of her times because she she's very uh, pro-abolition? Or was she actually recording people that she saw in her present day walk? And so I'm doing this research and all of a sudden I come across this, this cartoon circa 1788. And, you know, I was looking for something totally different. So one tip for all history research people, when you find something good, you better kinko it. You better copy it. You better, yeah. you will never find right. it again. Yeah, that's true. You never found it again. No, I, no, I, I kinkoed it. Cause I'd learned. Oh, okay. okay. I'd learned. There's some other stories I would have told, but I didn't do that. Um, so this, this cartoon sketch it's of by Gilroy and it's of uh, Prince William Henry, the future King William the fourth. And he's in a hammock lovingly embracing a black woman. Now this cartoon is by Gilroy. Now Gilroy is an ist. Any ist you can come up. He's misogynist. He's sexist. Any, <laughs> you just name it. He's an ist. Um, when he draws women. Great phrase. He t- he just goes to town. He's going to make us look stupid and haggard and, and just any just just horrible. But when he gets an opportunity to drag, draw a black woman, oh, he does not hold back. He's going to give us bulbous lips and and uh, make us say things like massa and all this all this craziness. Right. But in this particular sketch, the woman is drawn beautifully. Wow. So she's not part of the joke. She's part of the tattle. Oh, you can wow. see it. Oh, wow. It's in the yes. author notes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so great, yes. Vanessa. That's a great visual. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's because amazing. he's trying to tell the world, this is what your prince is doing in the West Indies. Wow. Wow. And literally, I followed the rich man because rich men are very well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you find, you you follow Prince William uh, Henry. He's uh He's in Jamaica and he and his sailor friends are tearing up brothels in Jamaica and then they're uh, partying at all the other islands. And then he finally gets to Dominica and all of a sudden all of his friends are saying the prince is hanging out with that mulatto woman again. Look how beautiful she is. Look how they're dancing. Uh, And I find a name finally. Dorothy Kerwin and the prince are dancing at a mulatto ball. 
I had a name. And for six years, I put back all the pieces mm-hmm. together of this woman's life. Mm-hmm. And she is phenomenal. I can't believe she was reduced to like a paragraph in one book and a chapter in another. That gave me chills. That's, That's astounding. Did you ever waver or was your dedication during this 10 years kind of an unwavering dedication to this woman? I always wanted to find her, but I, you know, I'm we're always juggling other projects. So of I'm course, doing other yeah, projects yeah. and other things. But I honestly never thought I'd be able to tell her story. I always thought I would have to mask her story in someone else's story. Yes. I would tell it um, as the, you know, as Prince William's mistress, or or even go back and do the two Dorothys for Dorothy Bland, uh, yeah. who was his mistress in England, and Dorothy Kerwin uh, Thomas. Um, I never really thought I'd be able to tell her story. I I didn't think the even though she's phenomenal, there's a re- there's reasons why the world hid her story. Wow. I mean, her her will is archived in the UK. So at some point in time, everyone realized how phenomenal this woman was. Wow. And then she's just been hidden and, and drawn away. So I really, I was, I was astonished. I even pitched to uh, um, uh, Rachel Khan at William Morrow. I pitched it all different ways. And she says, I don't want to hear that story. I don't want to hear that one. I want to hear her story. So I, I just feel very wow. blessed and privileged to be able to tell Dorothy's story. Now, were you writing other books while in the meantime? Because you, like all of us, you know, our job is writing our books and you can't take 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. No, but you know, you, 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 because I often find when I'm looking for something else, I'll find something. Yes. So that's why, you know, I'm always, you're always searching, you're building your, your world. I'm, I'm trying to become an expert in from 1750 to 1830s in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. as well as all the juncture points. So that would be Scotland, Ireland, and England, everything that's wow. going on interfacing. Um, so I'm always building this world. So you'd get a piece here. Uh, the Mormons actually had some of the birth records. I mean, it's just, it's oh, like random so things. Fun. I love research. <laughs> wow. I love research. Followed, oh my yes. gosh, you followed all those trails. Yeah. You know, I, I love how you resisted, though, the temptation to kind of fictionalize her as superhuman. You instead... Mm revealed her as this fiery, passionate, intelligent, but still flawed woman. She wasn't perfect. She was, she was an incredible person who was just herself, Uh, you know, and we all have flaws, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, especially hearing you talk about it to Patty a second ago, since there wasn't as much as one would maybe hope for to go on, how did you nail her interior life? Like, how did you get it so right? How did you discover her truth? How did you put all those pieces of her together? I I think um, as you become immersed in the signposts of her life, so there's documentation, uh, like particularly around the, the child Katharina, you can see Mr. Foden's estate is is from the from the plot. I literally, you know, I went real geek on you. I have the the land plots from those okay. time frames. So I found his estate, and when I noticed that the, the way it was registered it was as the Katharina, and so you you put these pieces together, and you oh, begin wow. to ask your questions of like, what would make what kind of relationship would she have to have with Mr. Foden? for her to name this child after this estate. And so you begin to put the pieces together and then you see little snippets in someone's diary where the Sells family, um, that Katarina stayed with the Sells family and then they move on. But as me with my little antennas up, I'm like, wait a minute. Why would a mother who's, you can see how she's so dedicated, like for uh, for a woman of color, 
to register the burrs is a thing. Um, in mm. some of the islands, they would have to bring priests in in order to register the enslaved births. Um, and then just in general, when you're free or a, a black woman or, or woman of color, she was very particular in making sure every birth was registered and who she claimed was the father <laughs> on each one okay. of these documents, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just to me, wow. I got this vision of this woman of the detail oriented nature of her mm -hmm. life and how she would deal with different things and, and her influences just by those pieces of paper. Brad wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you know, it's so interesting to me because I feel like, you know, Vanessa, I, I write a lot about World War II and a lot mm -hmm. of my protagonists are women. And I feel like there's been so much that's been lost in the telling, even over the last mm -hmm. 80 years, which is much more recent than you're writing about here, mm -hmm. about women in World War II, right? Are, are you trying to, do you think that one of your missions here, especially now that you've put all this time into writing this book, mm -hmm. is one of your missions to kind of bring these lost stories to the forefront? And do you sort of, do, is it your hope that other people might be inspired to do the same and give us these lost stories of women and particularly women we don't read about as often yeah. kind of as a result of this. I, I, I think so. Um, particularly there's, I wouldn't call it anger or, but there's like a disappointment when yeah. you see all the things this woman, this woman went through yes. all the things yeah. she ends up doing. Yeah. We never read about her in the history yeah. books um, as a, as a, as a, as a, a young black girl going to school and all of that you hear is an enslavement story yeah. and the victimization and, mm -hmm. and black pain. And you see, you don't see any, any um, semblance yeah. of joy until after 1865. Um, yeah. It can do things I think to the psyche. Yeah. You've yeah. got to know that people that look like you survived and figured out ways to, to thrive. No one's Nourished. trying to apologize for enslavement. No one's trying to inflict any guilt, but there is a, is a substance of, of, of a person when you were able to say, you know, they saw, they survived the harsh things they went through. They found love. They, they did what was necessary. I can do that too. Right. I think that, yeah. that we've robbed generations of being able to look at our lives and say, you know what, no matter what happens, I can survive this. Hmm. You know, P Patty and I were just, uh, Patty and Mary Kay and I were just talking about this, how the past has lessons for the present, you know, like you find mm -hmm. these stories in the past that lead us to exactly where we're supposed to go yeah. in the here and now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Vanessa, I keep thinking about your bio. That is quite a biography that as a woman, I have a lot of engineers in my family and I, uh, I can't even do math. So I am so intimidated by the fact um, that you are a mechanical engineer. My son-in-law is an, a mechanical engineer. My husband's a civil engineer. My son, my my nephew is a chemical engineer. I want to know how the heck you go from that crazy right brain, left brain, writing romance and historical fiction and helping, you know, 
engineer stuff. How <laughs> does how does that engineer how do you balance that right brain? <laughs> right right <laughs> I, I, I well, think that's the, the technical term, right? Yes. Term. <laughs> yes. I just want to peel your I want to peel your brain apart and go. You got all of it going on, right brain, left brain. How does that happen? Well, that's you know awesome. those tests that they take in school where they would tell you which quadrant. I was usually a dead center. That's kind of like one of the oddities. Um, But I was good at math and writing. And my mama always told me, you need to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, uh, Mm -hmm. you you know, this is lightning. Like I'm sitting with, with uh, four New York times bestsellers. That's lightning striking, right? It's lightning That's, striking for us yeah. being here with you, yeah. honey. Yeah, um, there sure. you go. Yeah. It's true. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But 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 you know, as a child, when you're growing up and you're like, this is my career. Yeah. Um. You know, Mama said do math, and we listened to Mother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> and I did math extremely well. Um. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> I, you know. They're they're die casting units and 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 rapid prototyping systems and things like that yeah, from my course. time at General Motors yeah, and sure, working sure. on fluid dynamics equations. We, we know all about that. We well, do. Yeah, yeah, we yes. we do that too, Vanessa. <laughs> our, 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 other, our other show is called Engineers in Fiction. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but Nobody but, watches it, but it's there. <laughs> and that's a shame. That's a shame. But, um, you know, the, being good at engineering, you, you're always asking these questions and particularly how and why. So I take that directly into my research. Like, you know, I, my card catalog, my love of card catalogs comes from sleeping in libraries to, to graduate awesome. <laughs> at Stanford, which they tore Terman Library down. I'm very disappointed on that. Oh. Um, but you're always asking how and why. And so for me, when, when I write, I, I want you to be immersed in the world. So I need to know how this world works. Oh, Everything okay. from fabric to, you know, how are they making money? Uh, you know, why would they do certain things? And, and particularly with Dorothy's putting Dorothy's stories, why would she move to these various islands? What is making her move? What What's happening in the in the geopolitical scales of these the island politics? You know, so many of them are shifting from being Dutch to French to English and back and forth and all these sort of things. What's going on that's making her do these various things? Um, and so to me, I credit that that dogma of just digging, digging, digging directly from engineering because you won't graduate. Did you do like, I want to, this is a serious question. Did you do like, um, cause we're all interested in the processes of writing. Mm -hmm. Um, do you do like storyboarding or I'm, I'm just fascinated because Dorothy got around. Mm -hmm. In more ways than one. Yeah. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. But you know, she starts out in Montserrat and then she Mm -hmm. goes to, uh, yeah, Demerara. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? I, that was the first time I thought, oh, Demerara sugar comes from. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And, yeah, then and the goes, rum. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then she goes to Domenica. So did you, mm-hmm. how, technically, is there a secret to that? Um, the first thing is I, I get the timeline and I get the timeline as, as exact as possible. I've started using oh. a tool called Aeon Timeline, okay. which is absolutely oh. amazing Aeon timeline oh. because I can pull all my worlds in 
because you know, oh, at the same time as I'm overlaying her life, I'm overlaying what's going on in in England, what's going on in Scotland. Oh, going on. So you get this, you get, and then I uh, oftentimes I overlay the weather events because it, particularly in the West Indies, you've got the hurricanes, you have earthquakes. Yes, Upon occasion, yes. you'll get a volcano. Right. You've got wow. to know all these the, what's going on because that can affect that could be one of the reasons why, because I don't know why. Why would she be yeah. moving? And often it came to uh, the political, the politics of, of the colony that was what, what, what was happening. Uh, but I didn't know that. So I'm, to me, I'm, this this timeline is extremely detailed. And then I have maps because you, you've got to say, you know, um, one book I was reading and they got the. I don't want to say they got the math wrong, but they kind of got the math wrong because they make it sound like Demerara and Maserat are very close. Like you could do a day trip. There is no freaking way you can do a day yeah. trip. <laughs> you got to go below the equator and come back. Oh, wow. To get okay. there. There's wow. no way. It's, it's wow. especially by boat. And, you know, during that time, they didn't have little power boats. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Right. <laughs> wow. So, no, I, uh, you know, I, I read part of the book, physical book. And then listened to this, gosh, this amazing audiobook. But um, I, I was so struck by the scene when she gets to Domenica and she's standing at the wharf and the sails, the boats coming in with her father, with mm -hmm. Paul and uh, her mom and her daughter. And you made that come to life so vividly, I have wow. to say. Thanks so you. kudos to you for that. Thank you. Well, speaking of that glorious audiobook, um, mm -hmm. your narrator, Adjua Ando, um, who has had an amazing television career, including her most recent role as Lady Dunmore in Bridgerton, which I don't know about you guys, but like that show kind of got me through the pandemic. I actually was thinking, I was like, I really need to watch that again because it was just so good. Um, but we believe that you have some big news in that regard. Can you share it with us? Yes. So when the announcement was made that I was writing this book, we got a number of uh, production houses were very interested, but there was no book. Right. <laughs> no, no pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, wow. So the book was finished in August of last year. And so uh, my, my agent, Sarah, she um, sent it out. And we got a very strong interest back from Longboat Productions. They're out of the UK. They've done a few things like Victoria and oh, I love New show. Black and, and, and just and some shows like that. And um, you know, so there all these negotiations have been going on. And when Adjua um, did the reading, she she fell in love with the book. Um, oh, and wow. so it's kind of like everything aligning at the right space. So, uh, wow. she's coming on as executive producer. Longboat uh, has bought the option. Longboat, uh, hosts Victoria Fee, who's former of ITV, uh, former executive at ITV, once again, doing projects like Victoria. Um, and then Julianne Robinson, who is ex executive director on, or, or a uh, Emmy nominated director for Bridgerton and so many other beautiful uh, pieces that she put together. They have all been looking for something that kind of ties everything together. Oh, we, awesome. we, you see A&E's productions of, of like 
Pride and Prejudice, which is really located in uh, uh, England, London. This is tying in all the West Indies with England and London, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, with London and all these different things. So it's 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 what they were looking for. It's a story that's going to that's already diverse yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just to me, I think it's it's a great tale of perseverance and overcoming. And it's just it's going to be exciting to see. Mm. Yeah, we're going to um, stop for a minute so we can sh- um, show a video, a little bit of video of the op- of the uh, audio cover. And you can hear this glorious, glorious voice who narrates Island Queen. Never knew a moment made better standing still. Never knew an hour made perfect by silence. It's been a long time since I'd had peace. Wow. <laughs> if that, yeah, if that doesn't blow you away, nothing will. Chill, I, I just want to ask you, when you were writing this story and then you heard this audio, were you like, yes, this is what I heard in my head? Or I always think that's like an odd experience to have yeah. when you've been hearing the voice of this character and then someone brings this character to life. It's an otherworldly experience. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like better than yeah. what was in my head because my head is kind of like you know mess she she she's wonderful her pronunciation she's she nailed the gaelic she nailed everything <laughs> she's yeah. gaelic oh my yes. gosh she's switching from all of these these various uh uh dialects and it, she, she's amazing um you know the scottish the irish it's just it's just wonderful yeah the island patois is so so uh right on so rich, so very rich. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Vanessa, it seems like you were writing period romance stories featuring characters of color long before it dawned on major publishers that love comes in many hues. Was that a hard sell for you starting out? Yes, it was. Um, it was. Um the world of historical romance when I started in 2013 was used to uh, characters of colors being the best friend, um, being the maid servant. Um, You know, you know, it's, it's just, you know, until you switch. Well, this is once again, focusing on the UK, if you're focusing on London romances, because everybody skips up to 1865 uh, and then you get Beverly Jenkins and Alyssa Cole and Piper Hughley, and they're telling these these wonderful romances uh, in the United States from Reconstruction on. Right, but you were you started writing Regency, is that right? Yes, I I've only written Regency, so I ah. you know there, there may have been one time I did a Victorian, and I'm sorry, but pledge, you know, but <laughs> for, <the> most part, <laughs> for for most part it was um, it's always been Regency. I just love the I love the time period, Georgian yeah. Regency. That I, yeah. I just totally love it, and to me there has been such a disservice because it's a lot more progressive than what we've seen. Right. Even to something as looking at Prince uh, Prince George, right? He becomes King George the Third. Um, he elevated people of color into his inner circle. He hung out with like boxers and and uh, you know uh, the uh, musician Bridge Tower. He saw that he was gifted. He saw he was in an abusive relationship with his father. He actually banishes his father from the country. 
uh, sends money for his mother so she would have an income and then made sure that he went to uh, all the get the best violinist training. This uh, Bridge Tower is like uh, on arrival of Mozart uh, level. And this is what Prince George and typically when you you see anything written of Prince George, particularly in Regency romance, he's made look like a buffoon. Uh, and things like that, and uh, very much a caricature of who he really is. So there's like so many different aspects of the true history Mm -hmm. that hasn't even been touched in in Regency. And so that's been my thing. Uh, I'm going to bring you as much, you come for the romance, you may leave with a little bit more learning. That's Mm. awesome. I love that. So well said. So this is where we take some questions from our audience. And we have one from Barbara Wolzik, who asked, what made you decide this particular person, which you addressed a little bit in Sandition, but did it have anything to do with where she was from in the West Indies? Did that kind of pique your interest or was it more about who she was in that book and that she wasn't being given her due? It was, it's, it was more who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found her in the West Indies, mm-hmm. uh, but she didn't stay in the West Indies. She actually did a lot of traveling to, to Scotland and London. Um, and this is all part of her sphere. I mean, it, there's a, there's a, in the book, I mentioned her travel in 1810, where she takes 18 grandkids with her because ah. she wants them to see the world that she has opened up by gaining all of this influence. That's incredible. Um, I was happy that she was in the West Indies because, you know, often as, as Americans, we think of everything as just being islands and palm trees Mm -hmm. and every one of these colonies, every one of these islands is different and distinct based on who founded it. The French colonies of Haiti are of Santo Domingo, very different than what you're going to find in Granada or you find in Demerara or, or Barbados and all wow. these different things. So when you go to these islands or one of my intentions, when I take you to one of these islands in my, you're going to feel like you're there and you're going to know that this character of island and, and, and culture, this is, this is authentic to that, that particular time period. Yeah. Did you get to visit it? Did you get to visit the West Indies or had you been there before or felt a tie I, to it at all? My grand trip, was now this is no longer a COVID blessing. This was the COVID destruction. Curse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That took away the grand trip because I, I wanted to kind of retrace her steps. Okay. I wanted yeah. to retrace her you steps. Will. I will. I will. Because yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's something, it's a bucket list to do. Yeah. You're going to have to do it in a, on a sailing sloop wearing, <laughs> yes. wearing a hat. Yes. With, uh, you got to hold out of the hat. Flying out the back. <laughs> Now is the is the is the is the feather a heron's plume? Did I have that right? It's it's a plume, a feather. Um, I don't rem- I don't recall. I, yeah, it, it I might re- it might have been some some yeah. of them because some of the best hats, particularly the ones from uh, the uh, the ones she was getting from London, they really deck those out with the mm-hmm. feathers and the bows and and everything like that. That's right. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I know a lot of audience members want to know this, but this is really just a selfish question for me because I want to know. Um, you've done all these incredible things. You've written these amazing novels. 
do you know what's next for you? Do you oh, have? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's an engineer. But I want to put you on the spot. Like you just had this massive, glorious novel come out. What's next? It's like when you're in the hospital with the baby and they're like, what are you having your next one? <laughs> well, see, the baby's come out and she has complications and we're working on revisions right now. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. So next summer, you guys should be seeing Mother Sister Warrior. The oh. two women who oh, helped the title. Yes, mm-hmm. the two women. And by the way, if it's a title like Island Queen or Mother Sister Warrior, I didn't come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's corny, I did it. That's <laughs> me too. My little secret. That's me too. I've got good, I've got a good editors and a great agent, and they know better. They know much better. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, Mother Sister Warrior is about the two women, uh, Victoria Montu, also known as Abadoria Toria, and Marie-Claire Bonner, the two women who shaped the Haitian Revolution. Oh, wow. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. All right. So we have a question from Sharon Carlson Person. She says, everyone is going to know about this book if they don't already. How does that make you feel? I love that question. It's going to be such a big, it is so big and it's going to be even bigger. How does that make you feel? I am, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed, you know, because like Mm -hmm. I told you, I didn't think that the world was ready to just hear her story. I always Mm -hmm. thought I had to couch it. And for me to one, get the opportunity to write the story and to see the reception that the story is having, that people are understanding Dorothy um, and and really feeling her, both her struggles, her triumphs, realizing she wasn't a superwoman, as, as Kristen had yeah. said earlier. She yeah. was just someone who, when the moment came, she rose to that moment. And yeah. just to have her story out there, it is an amazing feeling. It yeah. is an amazing wow. feeling. So you know, that reminds me, we were all talking about our grandmother names and how we are privileged to choose our name. Mm-hmm. But... I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, Dorothy and uh, uh, how she, because when the book starts, Pa, mm-hmm. her Irish planter father, has calls her doll, my little dolly. Mm-hmm. And then Dorothy, as soon as she can, mm-hmm. rises up. <laughs> and would you talk a little bit about claiming a name and how important that is to a character who starts out as an enslaved woman. Yes. And, and mm. because, uh, you know, in the South here in America, right. when an enslaved person had the opportunity to name their child, you'll often see things like precious jewel or King or because they wanted when the masses of the plantation call that name to have that moment of respect because mm. they know that the life that they, that, that the enslaved person has, has so little respect. So one of the things that that I I kind of uh, came you know came to as I was because there were so many changes in her name, right? Uh, I wanted to theme that, and so you know, Dolly is is precious to me. That shows the love, even though it's a complicated, yeah. crazy uh, relationship of her father, who has the means to free her but never frees her. Um, he's there's still love there. He, yeah. I believe that the reason she was so good at business was because he showed her things. Mm-hmm. He was proud of her. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he called her Dolly because of that. So there's there's that, that part of it. Um, and then she moves, you know, her her she's she's becoming a woman. She's doll, right? She's doll. And and then finally you get to Dorothy and then Mrs. Thomas, right? The the levels of respect that she wants to claim. Um, it's it's to me just that's just a theme through the story. What someone calls you is extremely important, as yes. well as what you answer to. I love that. And 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 I said earlier it's uh it, it when done in love, it yeah. makes all the difference. When yeah. it, when a name is is called or chosen out of love versus disrespect. Mm-hmm. So I love how you have all those names for her and why she chooses to be called them. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. Well, and that relationship with her father too. I mean, you captured that so well because it's so complex. But I think the way that you wrote it we, we understood it. Like we understood the complexity of it, but just to see that little girl with that fire of, I'm not going to wait for someone to do this for me. I'm going to do this for myself. That was amazing. She's an incredible woman. Yes. She was an incredible little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Forget woman. She was amazing at five. (laughs) To me, I think you, you have to have that fire because of how she, she was never satisfied. She just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. She has her first child at what, 15? Uh, unfortunately, 12. 12. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah, I just miscalculated that. Ugh. Yeah, 12 and 14. And mm-hmm. the ugly, well, one of the uglier sides, there's many ugly sides of enslavement, but that yeah. is the incest. Yes, the incest. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So back to writing tips. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of people have, have put in questions how you spell the name of that timeline. A E O N. So A on. There there you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So aside from that genius writing tip that we're probably all going to get off and and look it up, especially those of us writing historical fiction. Wish I had that a little earlier. I was going to say, I have timelines around my office that look like a beautiful mind. And I don't have ion, so I have stickies. And yeah. now I'm thinking you just saved my life, but yeah. you know, Note to self, always you, have the engineer on the show. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you continue to put books in the same world. Yeah. Oh, why reinvent the world? Why oh, reinvent it? Amazing. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bet it's going to be better than my stickies. So <laughs> what, what, I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be better than my stickies. Mm-hmm. So could you I know, share a writing tip other than, yes. than I am that has really been meaningful for this novel more than any other? Mm-hmm. I actually ordered some of the authentic fabrics. Because I wanted to touch the fabric. So like I got a piece of Osnaberg. Osnaberg was the enslaved cloth. Uh, So it's very coarse muslin. Very, very coarse muslin. Um, And even the version I have is probably not as bad as what it was. Because it it was very scratchy and itchy. And they would have to beat it on the rocks. But just I wanted to feel, you know, the textile. So anytime you can get a just a, a sample of the fabrics. Because like... I have oh, samples man. of silks and, and satins and you, you flip it and you watch how the, how light just changes the movement wow. because you know, it's just those types of things. So yeah, I'm a very tactile, try and get representation of the things you're, you're describing That's and writing. Beautiful. About. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. So we are reading and, and loving your book. So can you tell us what you are reading and loving these days? Yes. What I'm reading today's days is, you know, 
Bacall, our oh, woman in Moscow. Moscow. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Heard a lot about that one. Yes. Yeah, so she's cool. she's always amazing. And recently got this one, but I haven't gotten that far into it. Uh, Sunny Houston. Oh, Sunny Houston. Yeah. That is yeah. the best cover. I mm-hmm. love that cover so much. It's just like really. Yeah, it is a good cover. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else have a book they want to recommend? I'm finishing the exiles right now for next week. And whoa, gosh, it is just like your book, Vanessa. There is so much deep history of this lost story of, of how they would take women from London out of prison and send them to Australia to convict. I know. What's the name? What's the name? The, the Exiles by the Christina exiles. Baker Crime. Okay. Yes. Same yes. woman who wrote The Orphan Train. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yes. she does. She yes. does a great job with historic fiction. Yep. 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 Okay, everybody. We have so many more questions we want to ask Vanessa, but we're running out of time. Yeah. But So don't go anywhere. Uh, and you can leave questions on the Facebook page, and hopefully Vanessa will go in and answer some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple of things we want to tell you about. Mm-hmm. And then we have one um, more question for Vanessa. And yeah, then we, we have, have one more question for you, Vanessa. Don't leave. Do not leave. So everyone, I'm always here to remind you about our podcast because I am so proud of them. And it's just been such a great journey. We've brought Ron Block on and been super clever with Writer's Block podcast. So not only do you get the Wednesday night shows in the podcast, but then the Writer's Block podcast, where we join Ron to interview all kinds of authors and publishers and people in the industry. Last week, Ron interviewed MJ Rose and Pauline Hubert. And this coming Friday, we celebrate cooking, where Ron talked to Vivian Howard about her. You, were you there too, Christy? Yeah, you talked to her? So Ron fun. and yeah, Christy talked to Vivian Howard about her new cookbook. This, I love this. This will make it taste better. <laughs> and Rodney Scott also, right? Nope, he wasn't nope. there. No, nope. nope. okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, so of course, if you are not hanging out with us in the Friends in Fiction official book club yet, you are missing out. So the group, which is separate from us and is run by our friends Lisa Harrison and Brenda Gardner, is now more than 7,000 members strong. This Friday, I know, isn't it? This Friday, they're going to be celebrating their one year anniversary. I don't understand. I don't understand where the time is going. It is. It folded in half. Time like. Yes, but one year, one year this week. So they're going to be hosting a live online party on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And of course, you are all invited. And then on August 16th, I'll be joining the book club to discuss The Forest of Vanishing Stars, my brand new novel. And we will have plenty more fun events in store coordinated by the wonderful Lisa and Brenda. So join now if you haven't. We will see you on Friday and happy one year anniversary to the book club. Happy anniversary. Yep. And do not forget on Sunday, we have the joy of talking to Susan Boyer of the Low Country Book Club on our Sunday bonus here at 5 p.m. Then next week, join us as Patty hosts Christina Baker Klein, as we earlier mentioned, whose New York Times bestselling The Exiles was just released in paperback week after week. Week after next, Kristen. <laughs> Will host Lauren Willig, whose new book is Band of Sisters. And you know that we got so many great authors coming up. So check the sidebar 
on our Facebook page and our website to see who else is coming up. And speaking of great coming up, did you know that Mary Kay, Patty, and I all have winter books coming out in September and October? Well, if you didn't, you do now. And so back <laughs> by popular demand, we have signed first, we have a signed first edition winter wonderland subscription box. You can order now through Nantucket booksellers or look for the link on our website to get not only autographed first editions of upcoming new holiday novels by us, but also a QR code for exclusive access to a private recorded presentation with us talking about the backstory of these novels, an exclusive friends and fiction coffee mug that you won't find anywhere else, and a package of FNF branded hot chocolate. And much more. That's awesome. And much more, actually. Yeah. I love it. I'm so wishing I had written a winter book. I I feel so left out every time you guys see it. What have you been doing? I am such a slacker. I know I know. Nothing. Obviously nothing. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Back to Vanessa. So Vanessa, we are fascinated with how an engineer becomes a novelist. And we wonder kind of where this all started. What were the values around reading and writing? in your childhood? And do you think that they influenced the writer you became? Oh, oh, absolutely. My mother, uh, she stressed the classics and we we're talking about, you know, Wadsworth and Shakespeare and, uh, you know, she made sure we had a book. That was always a thing. You have a book in your hand or you better be doing a chore have a book in your hand or you better be doing Uh, your homework. So I I really thank her for that. My father was where I get the love of history because he would weave these tales of, of, of Trinidad, um, of his childhood that were just so magical and, and just felt so, I wanted to know more. I just wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you, you have to get your kids, your grandkids into reading because that opens up the mind. You can escape so many different things um, and just be so creative, but you have to pour into yourself. You have to pour into these kids and, and that's mm-hmm. what good books do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely I'm right. Saying. Vanessa, we cannot thank you enough for joining us tonight. What a great! Yeah, thank you, thank you. This was amazing. This was fun. We love visiting with you and talking about Island Queen, and we want to remind everybody they can order the Island Queen from tonight's bookstore partner, Foxtail Bookshop, and the link is on our page. And I think we're going to all be waiting anxiously for that next book Mm -hmm. that's in rewrites and Mm -hmm. the adaptation of island queen vanessa so thank great you. to meet you tonight thank you so much. Thank you're you, amazing thank you, you're awesome thank you for coming thank you this was so much fun thank you ladies good night a pleasure. good night wow just yeah wow okay y'all we'll see you in a minute at the story point after show where we will woof break that down that was incredible and powerful mm-hmm. And come back on Sunday for our bonus episode with Susan Boyer at 4, 5 p.m. 4 p.m. my time, Central Time, 5 <laughs> p.m. Eastern Time. And next week, same time, same place, right here with us as we welcome Laura Willig. And don't forget to go check out our new winter subscription, and we'll be telling you more about it as the weeks go by. Good night, y'all. Welcome to our Story Point Sip and Stay After Show, the wine that loves stories as much as we do. You know, with the woman winemaker who talks about things like 
what's wine without a story? I mean, I say what's a story without wine, but (laughs) maybe you could go fix their logo for them. Maybe you could go make make that better. (laughs) Maybe I am leaning into the kiki side of me. Always be editing. (laughs) But listen, here on Friends of Fiction, we say what is anything without a story? And since we've been together for various events over the summer, we can tell you that our stories are richer and funnier once we uncork that story point. Or at least we think. (laughs) Or at least we think think they're funnier. (laughs) Yep, this is the summer of story point. And if you haven't seen our uncorking the weekend, go check it out on Instagram. I know we have one coming up. So, wow, y'all, that was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah, she was great. Wow, she is quite a guest. And that is quite a book. And to think about... You know, that really is just, it's so inspiring to think about, you know, that you can continue on your path and be writing your stories while getting these little snippets about something new yes. that you want to write. Yes. I love Finding that. Finding these breadcrumbs that she yeah. just yeah. followed until she had all the pieces yeah. and 10 yeah. years of yeah, not giving just- up on a story. Well, and, she, and she she followed it as long as it took. Like she didn't just yes. say like, okay, I have enough. I'm going to put it on paper now. Yeah, she, and so much of her story, um, there's disagreement. And um, by the way, if you all, I hope you all will get Island Queen. She has great uh, uh, author notes in the back. And she talks about there's disagreement about whether or not Dorothy uh, Kerwin Thomas was or, or wasn't illiterate. But she, there were no diaries and... So Do- Dorothy does has no diaries, and um, so we don't know if she could um, read and write. Um, well, listen, that I, really well. I, I don't keep any diaries, and I promise I'm not illiterate. So. Yeah. I just <laughs> I, keep, I, I, um, we have some me. things in your voice, though, Kristen. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing about you know um, this 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 you know these enslaved women, and who later bought they had to buy their own freedom. Yeah, there's their stories. That's a great thing about, yeah. you know, writers once they and we all know this once you get hooked into a story yeah. and a story or a story hooks you, which either yeah. which whichever I was going to say. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kudos to her for pursuing that because mm-hmm. that was quite a rabbit hole she had to go down. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, we touched on this briefly, but I think there's so much to be said for finding historical stories that are so relevant in the present. And this is one that's relevant. I mean, it's, it's one that still has things to teach us, even though it's hundreds of years old, you know, Um, I think as an author, when you come across those stories, it's a privilege, but to tell them is an honor and and just a great responsibility. And she did it so well. I mean, Kristen, you've been on tour all week. Are you hanging in there? You okay? I, you know, I, I think I, I just put in our internal chat. I have eight minutes left in the tank. <laughs> like I'm just fading. <laughs> but you got to hear how much, what from people on tour, you, you were able, I mean, we witnessed it. People coming up to you and saying that because you brought back the past, it, it, it touched them enough. They, they had tears in their eyes. You've heard some incredible things, haven't you? 
You know, I, I think we all have. That's that's been the pleasure of getting out on the road, the, the joy of getting out on the road. Um, and I think yeah. I had forgotten that, you know, it, I, because we've had such meaningful interactions online yeah. in these virtual yeah. events. We've had, you know, so many wonderful things. We've had so many supportive members on Friends in Fiction who say things to us, you know, virtually or, or yeah. you know, type them to us. But there's something about being face-to-face with someone who tells you that Friends in Fiction has touched them or that they have a family member who experienced something similar to what you've written about or, you know, or that one of your books got them through a difficult period of time. But again, I think we've all experienced that. Um, yeah. And it's beautiful and meaningful to all of us. And and we're so we're so grateful to all of you out there, who, whether yeah. you share your story in person, whether you share your story by email, whether you mm-hmm. share your story in the comments on Friends in Fiction. I mean, it, it reminds us why we do this. And it reminds us that, that that's what's important, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I was with Kristen at um, her signing at Foxtail books. And then again, um, in uh, on Tybee and then um, on Palmetto Bluff. And I just, I was struck by how many different Holocaust stories do you think you've heard over the course of this tour, Kristen? I, I don't even know that I could count them. I mean, there are so many. So many people have a mm-hmm. have a family connection. And the thing a lot of people have in common, I think, mm-hmm. is that they, they feel like they didn't ask enough while the person was still mm. with them or while oh, the person. Oh, wow. Or, 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 That's you such know, a good they, reminder. Such a good it reminder. Is, it, it is. It is. But, I'll, you know, a lot of these... And I've experienced that in my own life, too. You don't think to ask the questions until the person's gone. Or you don't yeah. even know... This, you don't even know what the person went through until they're gone and people are talking about them in retrospect. And so you don't right. even know that there are questions to ask, um, yeah. which is just, yet, I mean, yet another reason why I think it's so important to keep telling these stories, you know? So we've all got some um, summers more than half over you guys. Yeah. Don't oh. shush. This is when I go into mourning. <laughs> Who's got some vacation time planned? Well, I don't know that you would call this vacation necessarily because I'm doing three book events while I'm there, but um, I'm going to Highlands and Cashers uh, August 6th, 7th, and 8th. And listen to how fun this is. My editor, we're overlapping. We're yeah, going to so see we'll each be other. there at the same time. I wish we were doing events together. But we're I know. Sad. But um, this is so bizarre too. So my editor, I mean, my agent um, is in New York, but her child goes to camp like right around that area. And she texted me and was like, I know this is so far away from you, but I just wanted to tell you, and we're going to be there at the same time. So that's so cool. So I'll get to see her too. Oh, that's um, fantastic. I know. I know. So I actually think I'm going to stay an extra night to like hang out with her some, but um, oh, yeah, I'm like, that's Hello, just- my chopped liver. Like I would, uh- <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, we have plans to see each other. We are going to hang out. Yeah, obviously for real hangout mm-hmm. without work. The, mm-hmm. is that possible? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We tried it. It didn't go well. Um, I am leaving tomorrow to go visit my son who has been doing an internship in Washington, DC. And I have to say, I think this is the longest I've ever gone without seeing him. He's 23 and it's been almost two months. So I am tapping out for a couple days and going to hang out with my boy in Washington, DC. Oh, and Kristen, I have been meaning to tell you, I got a rare ticket to the Holocaust Museum. (gasps) Oh, you are going to love it. Have you been before? No, I am. 
I know it's not going to be a feel good, but I have been profoundly, especially after reading your books, wanting to go to the museum. So I am going on Saturday. I think it's one of those experiences that if you really invest a little bit of time in it, it, it shifts you at your core forever. I know. You know, I, I, know. I just think that it's, I can't wait to hear what you think. We'll have to talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it next it. week. Yeah. yeah I'll tell you about it next week. week. Yeah. And I am going, my husband and I are taking the first vacation we've had in like three years. We're going to Cape Cod and then to Nantucket. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. So we will see uh, our new friend, Tim. Yeah. And on Nantucket, I've never been to Nantucket, even though I wrote a story set there. You can write another fairy tale. Yeah, we're going to be yeah. in Cape Cod. Cape Cod. We're going to, flying into Boston, and we're going to go to a Red Sox game. It's so fun. Yeah. Awesome. So um, it's it's we've got kind of an adventure planned. It's not France, which is what we had hoped for, but. Fun. I don't know. That really sounds pretty room. special. Yeah. Cape Cod's one great. of my favorite places in the world. Yeah. Kristen and I discovered this week that we both spent our summers on, on, on Cape Cod. I don't know how like, we never. Like a, a, a town apart from each other. It's, it's so weird. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. So weird, right? A decade yeah. and a time town apart. Wow. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, are, what are the odds? I mean, just like I my husband went to your high school. Like that's so weird. Her so, husband and yeah. I went to the same high school. That's Man, crazy. I know yeah. we're all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen, you didn't get any vacation? No, not really. Um, <laughs> oh. it, no, Noah starts school in about three weeks. Um, Whoa. And yeah, so we're going to kind of buckle down for that. But And I've got so many, you know, just because The Forest of Vanishing Stars just came out, I was looking at my calendar today thinking, uh, like, okay, my tour is over. Like, I can take a deep breath. I have, like, three virtual events tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I, have no, I mean, it just, it doesn't let up for a while. But we are going to take one night. Not this weekend, but next weekend at Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, which is our, fav- our favorite hotel. So we'll get, a Savannah, we'll get a Savannah view room. We'll get to look out at the giraffes and the zebras and um, spend some time at the pool and maybe see the, the Under the Stars movie. And it'll just no. be two days, but I, it'll be a nice little break. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've okay. been a trooper. You're amazing. All right. Yeah. I love you guys. Okay. Bye, time guys. to go eat dinner. Yes. I'm yeah. starving. Hi, everybody. Good night, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.